Everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everyone. We welcome you this morning to Christ Centered Church. We welcome you in the house. We welcome you online. Hallelujah. We want you to worship with us this morning. We want you to give God all the praise and all the glory because He has given us yet another beautiful day to worship and to magnify Him. Amen. Hallelujah.
Can we clap our hands again before the presence of the Lord? Give him a round of applause because he deserves all the worship, all the glory, and all the honor. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are here to gather together, together under one name, under one God. And that name of, of the God is Jesus. We have no controversy of who he is. We have no identification problem. We have no concern of his his personhood because he is God alone. And beside him there is no other. He is the only true God. The name that is above every name. The name of Jesus that should be exalted. His name that has made the heavens and the earth. For the heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. And we give him praise again. We lift him up. We magnify the only name, the almighty God. The name of Jesus. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth and is safe. We give him praise again because he's brought us together on this day, on this Sunday morning. Because we've been called by God for such a time as this. To be the epicenter of God's glory to fulfill in this country, in this state, in this county. We thank you, God, for planting us here in Hamilton. We thank you for planting this pastor. We thank you for calling him to this city. And we thank you for what you're going to do. So, God, we ask of you to bless. We ask you to put your hands to the plow and help us to work until while it's day. We want to work until when we cannot even work. Because you're calling us to a higher level. We thank you again for allowing your people to come and to gather and to fellowship and worship the only name that is above every name. And we thank you. And we ask you right now to bless, move by your spirit, bless those who are watching online. We are sending a word of healing to their body. Those who are yet not feeling 100%, we are sending a restoration anointing. Look, uh, through these airways, through our worship. Through the preached word that your word can send and heal. And so, God, we pray that you will use your people as instruments unto righteousness. We pray for the praise team. We pray for every function of this service that you'll be magnified, that your name be seen and your name be glorified. So, God, those who are here right now who are needing a word from the Lord, who came distraught, we don't know what their week was, but we thank you, Lord God, for bringing them here. And so, God, right now that you would touch their hearts. Oh, God, conform us to your will. Conform us to your word. Oh, God, make the stony heart made flesh. God, help us to take out what things that do not please you. Help us to turn away from the things that you are not pleased with. And so, God, we may look into ourselves and see, God, we need a Savior. Hallelujah. We need an anchor. We need to be sure that our anchor holds and it grips the solid rock because in these times um, there's so much uncertainty. But we know we rest assured that the only foundation that we can stand on is the name of Jesus. It is the name that is above, the name that saves, the name that heals, the name that delivers. And that same deliverance is in this house. And we believe that God can turn some things, even those who are sick under my voice. I believe, God, by this prayer that souls can be saved. Souls can be delivered. Souls can be set free. Souls can be healed. Because there is an anointing in this house. There is an anointing that can stretch forth into places where we've never been. To go places that we never even thought would. 
And we believe God to do the impossible, the miraculous, the indisputable. God can do all things. And we believe it to be done in Jesus' name. Let your voices be heard. Clap your hands. Let us show a thunderous worship in the house that God can be magnified, that God can be exalted. Can I get someone shouting unto the God? For he is our God. He is our rock. And he is our healers. God bless you in Jesus' name.
I'm not in the 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and just worship the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worthy to be praised, oh God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We give you all the glory and all the honor this morning, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a round of applause if you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We call upon your name this morning. Praise your name, oh God. Hallelujah. We're serving an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. We're here to worship your name this morning, oh God. You're worthy to be praised. Have your way among us this morning as we praise you, Lord. As we give you glory and all the honor this morning. Amen, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God. And can we praise the Lord, everybody, if you can? Come on, let's praise the Lord, everybody, if you can, this morning. He's truly worthy to be praised, hallelujah. Praise Him, hallelujah. Let's praise Him for His goodness. Let's praise Him for His mercies and for His love. Hallelujah, He's truly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. Praise God. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone in the house of God this morning. Amen. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. And I pray that God will bless you and is blessing the way you are this morning. Amen. Don't be ashamed to worship the Lord. Don't be ashamed to call upon the name of Jesus. He's the one that's going to strengthen us, bless us. Keep us, protect us, and provide for us. He's our Savior. He's the one that we adore and worship this morning. Amen. And we have all right to praise Him this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Praise Him. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite Brother Tom to come on up with a few announcements at this time. Amen.
Good morning, church. Earlier this morning, I, when I uh, did announcements, I was talking about how the temperature was so frigid outside. And I started thinking to myself, I can only imagine how cold it is in Canada right now. And I sure hope the oranges is doing okay in Florida because we don't need orange juice climbing up in price again. It's good to be here. The temperature inside is just right. Just right inside this place. Uh, a couple of things I'd like to share with you. First is our REACH campaign continues. We're going to be doing this for two years as we, we equip this place the Lord has granted us to have. And we seek you guys to be with us as we, uh, as we pray in the morning at 5 a.m. and the evenings at 9 p.m. One of the other things I'd like to share today is that um, the second trimester of uh, Christian Service Training Institute is uh, about to uh, wrap up. We're more than halfway through it, and the third trimester will begin. Uh, we would love for you to join us. Um, we have um, been having conversations with the folks that uh, run a CSTI in California recently as we start to look at ways in which uh, our, our district will be able to um, uh, grow up young pastors and ministers, those who want to know more about the word, those who want to be able to be in service to the Lord. And so if you're in Florida, you're in Canada, you can join us. We meet at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We do it on a Zoom link. You can be wherever you are. As a matter of fact, one of our current students is about to move to North Carolina. And she's going to stay with us. She's going to be with us for the next three years. And so we can all be together and, and work on this. If you would like to sit in and sample a class, we would love for you to do that. And then uh, the, second, the third trimester, rather, begins in March. Uh, the youth department is going to have uh, uh, an event um, on Friday the 28th at uh, 7 p.m. here in the, in the sanctuary here at uh, Christ Center Church. Um, it'll be a meeting and an event. And then um, a reminder that we'll have our next Saturday prayer breakfast um, on February the 5th, and there'll be a leadership teaching uh, to follow that. That starts at 8, and then uh, about 9 o'clock we uh, have our teaching. North Central Jersey District is having a prayer conference. The prayer conference will be um, in Plainfield. We're excited about that. This is going to be a great thing, a great event. Um, the church in Plainfield is a great big open space, and uh, there is plenty of room to, uh, to move around Friday uh, the 11th and um, Saturday the 12th in February. While we were um, praising uh, a few minutes ago, the Lord kind of pushed me to share something that happened yesterday, a little tiny testimony story. Um, I uh, went to the gym yesterday. As I'm driving to the gym, I'm, uh, I'm playing a song. I will wait on the Lord. And I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I got tears in my eyes. It, it took me all the way to the gym. My plan was, was to um, um, try a new exercise, something I'd never done before. I was going to use the rowing machine. I'd never used the rowing machine before. I'm looking for some alternatives that are low impact. So I got there and I asked the guys, can you show me how to use the machine? There was nobody in the place that could show me how to use the machine. And I, I stepped back. I was like, really? I thought, hmm, I'm paying money, and I got no one to show me this machine. I just was like, okay, cool. I wasn't supposed to. So I just did my usual. I ran on the treadmill. I got off the treadmill. There was a guy using the rowing machine. 
So I walked over to him. He was a rowing coach. He was has his own boat and does that in the summertime. So when we approach life the right way, the Lord, so the waiting on the Lord isn't just about waiting for God to come. It's about how we live. And so um, I got a private lesson because I waited. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, country to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's truly worthy to be praised this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Come on. Isn't God good? It's good all the time. Amen. We're serving such an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. I mean, I, I love him. You hear me repeat this all the time, but I have a genuine, genuine, genuine love for God and for the things of God. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you know, I would advise you, if you ever see me going the wrong side or slipping, you know, you say something, you know, pop, pop me, hit me, you know, something, you know. Uh, it, it wasn't destined or designed for me to be that way, you know. Um, I, I see a little Isaiah this morning. Amen. And, um, you know, I, I was using a reference this morning about IJ this morning, always praise and worship of God. But there, there's something about children. When kids are in the house of God, it encourages me, you know. It encourages me to want to go more and more. Because, listen, we, we have to leave a legacy where where. If our small children don't see us being leaders, the world that we're living in, you ask for leadership, there won't, you won't find no leadership. Brother Tom used the reference, you went to the gym, uh, it's going to be hard for you to find people to help you and direct you if you're not rooted and grounded in the house of God. So, you know, so I would advise everyone, you know, for every boys and girls that is in the house of God, you know, continue to grow in the grace and the admonition of the Lord. You know, continue to love the Lord with all your soul. This not only go for the younger one. You know, the teenagers, uh, the in-betweens, the golden vessels. You know, they are our foundation. And we need to make sure we have a legacy to leave for the others. Amen. Amen. Everyone say it's offering time. Come on, it's offering time. Amen. Remember, if you uh, partner with us in our stewardship campaign, um, we have, uh, you know, we have two envelopes that we use. We have the one for the regular Tizen envelope. Uh, I think Brother Tom have that on his left, and Brother Henry have the reach envelope on his right. Amen. So if you, um, you know, partner with us, you know, um, we in 2022. We could get the message at any moment, any day. You know, we want to make sure once we get the green light, you know, we're able to move right on in, sign off, take the keys for the property, get the property ready, and then we can move on and just worship God together. Amen. So remember, if you have not yet partnered with us, you still have time to partner with us. Amen. If you want to be a part of the miracle that God has for us, you still can be a part of that miracle. Amen. So we want you to hear me to give whatever you have. And if you have, you know, make a, a commitment to give something and you, you're able to give a little bit more, give a little bit more. Amen. Amen. We want you to be blessed. And I mean, I, I, I've been blessed. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand with us. Amen. And remember, if you're giving online, you can go to www.myccc.faith, PayPal, 
you, you can go to the at sign Christ Center Church. And if you go into Cash App, the dollar sign CCC 2711. Amen. Those are the ways you can give online. And if you're here when the pay, uh, you can see Sister Patrice or Brother Jordan at the booth there. You can see them for electronic payment. We have two ushers in the front. Feel free. Uh, bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen. Bow your heads with us as we continue to worship. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what we have already felt in this place, O oh God. We ask you, God, as we're about to receive this morning's offering, that you'll bless, O oh God, everyone, every giver, those who have to give. Make ways, O oh God, for those who are not able to give. O oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll continue to bless, Lord God, the offering that will go for its intended purposes, O oh God. We ask you to keep us and guide us. Bless our leadership and every person, our leaders that is in this congregation. O oh God, our online congregation, we ask you're blessing upon them likewise we give you all the glory and all honor as we continue to worship you in jesus name and everybody said amen amen bring your tithes and offering hands
Hallelujah. You know, as Brother Scarlett was just playing just now, I just could sense he wasn't just playing the instrument. I just knew he was worshiping his Redeemer the way he could at this very moment. And while he was just blowing, I just sensed that he just wasn't blowing just to blow the horn. But he was blowing. He was saying, this is my worship to you. And this is why the Bible has instructed us that we can praise him on the string instruments and that we can praise him with the psaltery and harp and that we can praise him with a dance and we can praise him with a shout and we can clap our hands to him. Whatever you feel in your bones, because God is so good that even nature cries out to him. And so for us to be his very prize creation whatever you feel just express it whatever way you can if it's just opening up your mouth and just shouting you may not know how to sing you may not know how to play but if you would just express yourself to him because you just want to worship him you just want to praise him because of who he is and what he means to you oh god i praise you today you're so glorious you're so wonderful and oh God, my soul says yes. My soul says yes to you. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. For there is none like you. You are our Redeemer. I know my Redeemer lives. And because I'm His creation, I will declare it. I will proclaim it. And I will praise Him for it. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. Oh, glory, hallelujah. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm always glad to be with the saints of God. Always a privilege to just come together, to be together, to worship him together. Because it's, hey, we're going to be together in heaven. And you hear me use that together word a lot because I just know that, hey, if we live for God the right way, we're going to spend all of eternity together. You think 50 years is old? You think 100 is old? <laughs> Try eternity. And that's what we're shooting for, to be with him for all eternity, where we will give him the praise, where we will just love on him, where we will just, just, just give him all the praise that he deserved. I look forward to it. And if we don't start it here, I don't think we're going to be able to carry it forth there. It has to start here. It has to start here. Amen. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Thank God for all of you that made it in. While my wife this morning was, you know, trying to get ready to brave the cold, I'm just like, yes, bring it on. I love to get outside when it's like really freezing. I love to get out and just let the air just hit my face. I'm like, yeah, I'm up. Let's go. Oh, man, it's like starting your down. Like, ah, let's go. Oh, man, I don't know. Maybe I should have been a football player. I don't know. But I get out there in that air. I just wanted to hit my face. I'm like, I can't wait to get out. This one since I get out and hit me, I'm like, yes, yes. And I'm like, yes. And my daughter running stride. She, I'm in track star in the car. Oh, go ahead, Dad. I'm good. <laughs> and I'm taking my time strolling, just feeling the breeze on my face, the briskness and the coldness. Amen. My mother told a story a long time ago that um, she had just came up from Jamaica, and she was in New York, and she was inside the house, Ethan, 
you'll appreciate this. She was in the house, right? Just came up from Jamaica. And it was a day like this where she got up. The sun was shining bright and beaming. And she was in the window and it just felt hot. The poor woman walked out the house in shorts and T-shirt thinking it was cold. It was hot outside. She got hit with that cold. She couldn't believe it. She was wondering, what in the world is going on? Why is the sun shining so bright and it's so cold outside? <laughs> Ooh. She went outside thinking it was summertime because the sun was shining. Yeah, that's sure many of us foreigners have those stories for you. Thinking it's hot. Amen. I want to greet all the people of God, the family of God, those of you that are here this morning. I greet you in the name of Jesus. But I also want to greet the online congregation. Amen. You know, I, I mentioned that Thursday that the folks that are usually online because they just can't get in the house, they are just so faithful in their online, um, just being part of the congregation online. I appreciate them. So I wanted to give them shout out by their cities who where they're watching from. And so we give um, New York a shout. Amen. Strong Island. We give them a shout out. I know somebody is, you know, cheering for their Pittsburgh Steelers. Amen. We got all kind of fans all around in the church. The Eagle fan came early this morning to pray to the Lord, hoping that his Eagles would win. He, he came instead of coming this service. He, he came at the early service, you know, probably have all his gear laid out on the bed ready. So, you know, we, we, we thank God for the Eagle fan. You know, we thank God for all the fans. But the uh, but our New Yorkers, they're fans of Pittsburgh Steelers, not the Giants or the Jets. Amen. Um, Mr. Brantley is a um, Steeler fan and an Atlanta Brave fan. I don't know how that happened, but he's in New York, and that those are his teams. So, um, you know, he's going to get spanked today. But, hey, you know, let him have a little bit of hope. Amen. We greet our family in Canada. We greet our family in Philadelphia, in Florida. Amen. Dee Dee. Amen. Glad you're on this morning. Burlington, you're talking about faithfulness, Burlington, let me not forget Burlington, amen, they are always locked in, Hamilton, Trenton, I mean, we've got viewers around, and we thank God for all of you, amen, and, and, and our, our podcast is viewed in Greece, South Africa, uh, St. <laughs> Vincent, Ethiopia, Trinidad, Barbados, New Zealand, St. Lucia, France, Belgium, Denmark, Netherlands, Uganda, Uganda, Nigeria, Mexico, Russia, China, Canada, as we know, Philippines, India, Ireland, Singapore, Jamaica, Australia, Kenya, Germany, Europe. Rolling. Oh, yeah. Rolling. So, so you know, what's, you know as I said, and I, I, I would like for you to think this way in just your way of being is that the Bible says we need to give thanks in all things. And sometimes things that are going on, we might say, how in the world can I give thanks for that, God? But just trust him and just give him thanks for it anyhow. Because before pandemic, we, I'm sure our congregation and so many other congregation were not seeing this many people tuning in to their services. So I believe that, one of the reasons why the Lord didn't step in and just stop the pandemic is because it would have allowed so many other people to hear the gospel. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, and this gospel must be preached in all the world. Then shall the end come. 
And so we can only see from our perspective and what we think. But Jesus's will is that the gospel is preached in all the world. And he didn't say how it will happen. He just said it will. He knows what we will create. He knows what we will come up with. And he says this gospel must be preached in all the world. And I believe that if we do some research that that will show from 2020 January to right now that we will see that more people has heard the word of God preached than any other time in the existence of this world. I guarantee that. So as much as we have seen really bad things happen and we've lost loved ones, the gospel is being preached in all the world, and we ought to thank God for that. We can't get wrapped up in our way of seeing. We've got to trust God for what he does and what he allows. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, if you will stand with me, we're going to get into the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. And we're going to allow the Lord to speak to us. I believe our service this morning was just impactful. And um, bless my soul, and I pray it bless the souls of those that were here. And so we want God to speak to us again. And as you know, I, w- I preach the same message at the 9 a.m. service that I do 10:30. But God has His way of of kind of you know doing it, maybe somewhat different um, in the second service, uh, because God will always minister to our need. Amen. Uh, something interesting that happens um, oftentimes in church services is when the preacher start preach about something that's in your life and you don't like it, you get upset. And 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 we don't we never stop to say, think about it this way. Okay, we've been always we always ask God to speak to me, speak to me, Lord. And it seems like when God starts speaking to us, we get offended. <laughs> Oh, you ever thought about that? That we're always telling God, God, speak to me, God, direct me, God, let me know your will. And God say, okay, okay, okay. And then when he brings the word real strong to us, this is why, you see, the children of Israel knew that about God. And so they would always encourage Moses, Moses, you go talk to him. We good. (laughs) Because it came from Moses a little bit different than when it come from him. Right. Because Moses understand, you know, and Moses know all the grumbling that goes on. So Moses come with the word a little bit different, you know. And so they would tell the people, the children of Israel would tell Moses, Moses, you go ahead. We will stay right here. Get the word from God and bring it back to us. But no, we in 2022, big and bad. God, talk to me, Lord. Let me hear your voice. And God says, "Okay," (laughs) And then he tells you something and you're like, see. This is why sometimes I don't even bother going to church or even tuning in, because here he go telling me some crazy stuff. Me, huh? It wasn't your prayer being answered. <laughs> yeah, We're not thinking it's your prayers being answered. It's me that's messing with your day. I don't think so. It's your prayers being answered. <laughs> Colossians chapter 1. Amen. We're going to read verse 3 through 4 and then 9 through 12. Amen. Isaiah, good to see you. You read your Bible sometimes, Isaiah? Good. I want you to grow up and do what God wants you to do, because God wants to do something special in your life. So I want you to read your Bible. And every weekend mom is off. Look at me, Zeke. Every weekend mom is off. You make sure she bring you here. Okay? You just, mom, I need to get to church. That's all you say, okay? I think you do it, but I'm just, you know, encouraging you a little bit more. (laughs) I love Isaiah. That's my guy. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, 
we're going to read one through, I'm sorry, three through four and then nine through twelve. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Colossae, and he's telling them what his prayers or his prayer is for them. So when you start out reading the text, you'll see the Apostle Paul is, 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 is writing to them to say, here is what I've been praying for you. Man, can you, think, can, can you just think for a moment? The Apostle Paul is praying for them. My goodness. That's a man that is connected to the will of God. That's a man that had a, 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 an encounter, a real encounter with God. I mean, you talk about an encounter. He had a real encounter with God. And, I mean, he was the greatest missionary there was. He was the greatest what we call, I, I, I hate to say it like that because God look at all of us, you know, in a different way. But for what we know about him, he was the true essence of an apostle. Because all of them were apostles. Obviously, the Lord called them apostles. But what Paul did, he really was a, an exemplary apostle. Uh, apostle because he went he was sent by God and when he went and he ministered and he evangelized he established churches and said hey you take over this church and pastor it and he went over here and he witnessed evangelized established hey you take this and run with it and so what Paul was doing when you read most of the writings of Paul was he's writing to the churches that he had established He's writing to the churches where he had placed pastors over, and so he's writing and telling them he's praying for them, or he's correcting them in something that they're not doing. And so he was just an awesome man of God. So in this particular case, Paul is writing to the church in Colossae, telling them what his prayer is for them. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 3, Paul writes, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. Jump down to verse number nine. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So a whole lot going on there, but I just like from the very beginning, Paul said he was praying always for the Corinthians since the day he heard of their faith and their love for Christ and the saints of God. So we must pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. But when you pray, you need to pray the things that will be profitable for them. Sometimes we're praying, just saying vain words. But we need to pray what will be profitable for the saints of God. We need to pray 
for the things that God would have for them, not just pray what we want. And I think that we get stuck sometimes praying the prayers that we want. And if you stop to think sometimes, if we really, really know or knew what we should have, or we really do know what we need to have, then we will be in a different place than where we are today. What we know that we think we know that we think we should have hadn't gotten us where we want to be. So what am I saying to you? That at some point you need to stop and say, where is, where is me ordering my life getting me? Where is me ordering my life getting me? My, my, my oldest and my second oldest sons, they have dreams. And they had, they had dreams that to me is outside of God. And as a parent, you want your children, the very most important thing you want for your children as a parent is that they know truth about God or know truth because God is truth. And they walk in truth. That's the main thing you want for your children is that they know God and walk in his truth. That's what you want for your children. That's the number one thing. Nothing comes before that for my desire for my children. My number one desire for my children that they know God and they walk in truth. That's it. Everything else can flow after that. And so I remember my oldest wanted to be an actor. And I said to him, I said, listen. At some point in time, if this thing is not happening, you're going to have to make a decision to start living in this real, real world. Because the world that you're living in is to pursue acting, which means you're not living in the real world. I said, so if you want to be productive in this world, you're going to have to make a decision at some point that I got to let go of this and move forward in this real life. And the same thing for my other son. He's, he's a singer. I told him, man, God can use that voice to let you do great things in the kingdom, but he's still pursuing some kind of fame in singing. But I feel bad for them because I'm their daddy. And I ain't going to tell you no lie. I'm saying it just like that. I say, God, if what they're trying to do is not your will, which I don't believe is your will, shut it down. Shut it down. The big one realized that uh, maybe I need to move away from it because it's not happening. And so I'm praying for the next one that he will decide, let me just go do what my dad told me to do because he knows. So we got to stop and look into our life sometimes and realize what we think should be happening and where we're trying to get to. It just seems like it's not happening. And at some point in time, you need to draw the line to say, all right, God. I can see clearly what I'm doing is not resulting in what needs to happen. So I need you to guide me. And can I tell you this? Maybe I did not have the greatest of aspirations in my life. But I got to tell you this. All of my aspirations that I had in life has come to pass as I stand before you today. And it all happened through God, not outside of God. Not outside of God. I'm talking about grandma the other day and I, she was laughing at me because she knew how much I love the airport and airplanes. And she laughed at me because I told her I was going somewhere. She said, man, you love the plane so much. You remember that? And now you can't get enough of it. I said, glory be to God. 
So just anything, if you knew me from I was a kid growing up and you heard the different things that I said, uh, everything that I had in my heart and that I desired. I remember growing up as a young person, as a teenager, you know, even in high school, I said, I want to be a businessman. I want to wear a suit every day. I'm telling you, just every little thing, but it all came in God. It's God did it, and that's why I can tell you all unequivocally that don't be afraid to just surrender your life to Christ because more than you going to heaven is going to come out of it. More than you being blessed is going to, so much more is going to, all of your dreams and your aspirations is all in God. And so you might think, well, if I can say this not going to get done or that's not, because God, God don't care about this. Just, just trust me. Just put it all in him and watch how all your stuff begin to unfold and you will put less effort in it. But what what is so interesting about it is as God unfolded, it's not impressive anymore. Now, if I would have stayed outside of God and would have accomplished just a little bit of it, it would have been impressive to me probably. But as I live for God and he does these things that I desired from a kid, I'm like, this is not even impressive. All these things that I had aspiration for, it wasn't about God. It was just my aspirations. I want to have this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And now I'm like, God has blessed me with a nice car, and every day I get into it, I'm not even impressed. Some days I stop and I said, why do I even have this car? I'm, I don't even think I enjoy my car. I'm just being very transparent to you. I don't even know if I enjoy my I just get in and drive. And I'm telling myself, I just get in and drive. <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want you to enjoy it. I, I think there's a trick there. There's a message I'm trying to give you. I don't want you to enjoy it. And so for some reason, I'm not even enjoying my car. It just does what it needs to do for me. I am not lying to you. I'm not making up anything. All, when I get out of my house, you all know, I tell you all the time, I'm so one-track mind, I'm so focused, that when I get out of my house, whatever I'm getting out to go do is what I'm focused on. So I don't get in the car and be like, woo, I get in, I'm just like, where am I going, where am I going, I got to, it's, it's, I don't know, I, I, maybe Brother Scarlett can relate or some of you can relate, but I'm telling you, when God, when you live for God and he gives you everything, the desires of your heart, that's what he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you do that, you are just amazed and later on, God does stuff and you didn't even realize that you had prayed about it and then you said, oh, yes. Because you get so wrapped up in doing what God wants you to do that you can't even think about those prayers you prayed and you can't even fathom enjoying some of the things that you do. I'm just telling you, maybe you'll try it one day and see if it works. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you this morning. You're so wonderful, so great to us. God, will you move on your people that we will understand that all that we need all that we can ever desire, all that we can ever accomplish and be successful at, it's all in you. If we will just trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge you that you might direct our path. I pray, Lord, that you'll move on our heart and move on our mind in such a way, Lord, that we will trust you completely, that we will put all of our confidence in you and, oh, God, serve you with
everything that's in us. For, Lord, we know if we delight ourselves in you, you will give us the desires of our heart. Now, Lord, as we move into this year, I pray that you'll establish us in you, that your foundation, Lord God, will be sure in our life, and that, God, as we move forward, we move forward in Christ Jesus, in the power of your might, and by your spirit and your word. Oh, help us to grow up in you like never before. I pray today that you'll move on every one of us. Touch every one of us. Let your will be done in every one of our lives as we give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I got to give um, Trenton a shout out. I don't know if I said Trenton. Those that are watching Trenton, give you a shout out. Um, Bristol. Bristol. Woo. Yeah, Bristol. Got some Bristols. Some Bristolites. Bristol is watching. Amen. I want to talk to you on this topic today. Filled with the knowledge of God's will. Filled with the knowledge of God's will. Filled with the knowledge of God's will. False teachers had promised the Colossian believers that they would be in the know. In the know. Back when Paul wrote that, that's what was going on. False prophets was around. And they were trying to get the Christian believers to believe another doctrine. False doctrine. And so one of the promise that they made to these Christians in Colossae was, if you believe what we're telling you, you will be in the know. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning that our world is trying to convince us that we need to be in the know. Mm -hmm. We need to be knowing what's going on. But I'm here to tell you, be careful of being in the know. Because when you're going to seek to be in the know, it means that you're going to be filled with a lot of information. Because when you're seeking what you really don't know what you're seeking, you're going to be filled with a lot of other things. When you're seeking to know what you don't know, then you're going to get information from all directions. And that information will fill your mind with so much that you become paralyzed in getting anything done. You ever see somebody that's just... Cluttered, filled with clutter of thoughts, clutter of deeds in their mind. You can't get anything done. You start something and you never get it done. Why? Because as you were doing it, something else came to your mind and so that pulls you away. As you're working over here, something else comes to your mind and you get pulled and start doing that. So when you're filled with a lot of stuff, you get nothing done. Everything that you start you never complete because there's too much going on 
in your mind. And so if we're going to try to be in the know, the cost of being in the know is going to be that we will be filled with so many different thoughts that we can never do anything, especially for the Lord Jesus Christ. So when people present to you what you need to listen to so you can be in the know. I feel this. Podcasts. So many podcasts has been created because everybody has something to say these days. And so many of us are trying to consume all of these podcasts because we want to be in the know. Church is outdated. So let me try to hear what this person is saying over here because they seem to be in the know. Let me try to hear what this person is saying over here because they seem to be in the know. And so we seek after the information that are in on these podcasts because we think they keep us in the know. But church, eh, that's old stuff. Brother Scarlett, my redeemer live, that's old. That's what some of them are saying. You know? That don't keep me in the know. My Lord, help us this morning. And so with us being caught in the place of wanting to be in the know, to want to be relevant is what we think. To want to speak the lingo where everybody can identify what we're saying. We're seeking after so many things and being filled with so much information that the things of God cannot be effective in our life. And so these false prophets were trying to get the church at Colossae to be in the know. And they were doing so by presenting to them new doctrine. And in them, in their presentation of this new doctrine, they would use words like knowledge, wisdom, spiritual understanding. They used those words so they can get your attention as Christians. They used those words so you can think that what they're saying is legit. So the Apostle Paul knew that. And so... He confronted those words. So when Paul said to the church at Colossae that when I heard of your faith and your love for God and the people, I prayed always for you. And then Paul started using those words, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, because Paul was confronting what the false prophets were saying so the people would know, don't believe what they're saying because they're using those words. They're using our Christian vocabulary to try to get you to buy into their false teaching. Watch out. Watch out, church. If they did it then, they're doing it now. Because the same devil that influenced them to do it back then is the same devil that's working today. And so be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch. Because 
false doctrine can get sown into your mind and into your thoughts. The devil is deceptive. His nature is of a deceptive one. Uh huh. Satan is so deceptive, he is the one working behind the scenes whenever false doctrine is introduced. Uh huh. He likes to borrow Christian vocabulary, but does not use the Christian vocabulary correctly. He uses the Christian vocabulary to get the Christian's attention and buy-in, but then he twists your vocabulary. The word of God. We see this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Here we see Satan being deceptive using some of God's words, but with a twist. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, had God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. Can I point something out to you in his deception here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 here? First thing I want you to understand is this. When you're not sure what God's word is saying, or when you're not sure of what the word of God says, you will be very reluctant in obeying it. It's one of the issues that we have now. People don't really understand the word of God because they haven't taken the time out to look into the word of God, to understand the word of God. And so they just take the word of God at the surface and never get into it. And so here comes the devil. Here comes false teachers and they spin it and they twist it. And because you weren't certain and knowing what the word of God says, you don't do anything about it. Not obeying the word is no different than disobeying the word. Not obeying the word is the same as disobeying the word. And so a lot of people have not obeyed the word of God because they don't really know for sure what the word of God means. The other thing that you must learn to understand what God's word is saying to you as opposed to yourself or the devil. Here is something that you want to put your focus on. God always tells you what to focus on. So he tells you from that standpoint. But the devil always tells you what you're not supposed to have. What you ought to focus on. So God let you focus on his will. God let you focus on him. The devil trying to make you focus on what you don't have. You want to know if God is speaking to you or you're speaking to yourself or the devil is speaking to you. Just start thinking about how you're hearing what you're hearing. Are you hearing what you can have? 
Are you hearing what you're being kept from? Are you hearing that you're, you, you know, you're in bondage or, or you're being controlled? Or are you hearing about the promises of God? Are you hearing about what, what God has in store for you? Are you hearing the goodness of the Lord? Or you're worrying about what you don't have? Did you realize how the devil phrased? Or should I say, rephrase the question. God said it this way. Look at this beautiful garden I've made for you and placed you in. I always say it this way. There's a, probably a million trees in this garden. I want you to eat of every tree. Just enjoy them. I made them for you. Enjoy them. That one right there. Just leave that one alone. That's how God said it. If you understand communication, you know that is positive. If you understand communication, you know that gets you all in. Because it was said, all of this is yours. But the devil came around and says, God says you cannot eat of all the trees. Is that true? Yes. But that's not how God said it. That's not how God said it. God said, of all the trees you can eat, except one. The devil come around and says, you can't eat of all the trees. He, he, just, he just left it like that. He did not lie, but he was deceptive. Because you could not eat of all the trees, but it's only one tree you couldn't eat of. Be careful how you listen to people. Because that's how they come. They come to you trying to convince you to believe or agree with what they're saying by telling you something that goes against what God's already established. And you know God has already established something because God presented it to you as it being good. No different than today, people might say, oh man, I don't want to go to that church. Because they got too many standards. Now you know where that's coming from. Because God is saying, I bought you with a price. And I sanctified you. And I made you special. And I gave you special abilities. And I'm using you specially. And I called you priests. And I call you royalty. And I call you all this because I set you over here to be special. That's what God says. Peculiar people. Holy nation. I set you over here to be special. See, that's why I don't go to them churches over there. Because you can't do much over there. You got to come to my church. Because my church, they don't put you under bondage and all that stuff. They don't keep you from doing all of that and doing all that. Did I point out to you that that's the work of the devil today? I hope I did. Because God always tell you what's good for you. He doesn't get into what's not good for you. He hardly get into that. He just wants you to focus on him and focus on what's good for you. But here comes the devil. He tried to tell you what you're missing out on. He tries to tell you that that's not good for you. And so many of us buy into it. Instead of understanding this, you ready for this one? Your flesh usually agree with the devil.
So don't be tricked in thinking because you feel like what the devil is saying is good. You should do it. Don't be fooled by that. Get smart again and say, I remember pastor said, my flesh usually agree with what the devil wants. So now I know. Don't mess with this. If my flesh is agreeing with something that's being presented as what's good for me and over here that's not good for me, then I know my flesh and the devil is working to try to destroy me. Uh huh. Verse 5 says, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. The devil always wants you to think that. God is trying to keep you from something that you should have. If you grew up in a decent home, you had to think at some point in time, Gabby, that your parents was trying to keep you from something that you should have had. And a lot of times... It's not until you grow up and have your own children that you realize they were telling you something right. Oh, God, help us. It might take a minute for you to realize your parents weren't trying to keep you from something good. They were telling you what's right to keep you away from something that's bad. But in your understanding at that point in time, they're telling me I can't do this. I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't see. How can they say that? You don't understand. And then when you get older, and then specifically when you start raising your own family, you start saying, Lord, now you and your parents become close. (laughs) Now you and your parents become close because now you totally get where they were coming from. But way back then, you thought they were trying to keep something good from you. Well, think about that when you think about Jesus, that he's not trying to keep you away from anything good. All good and perfect gift coming from the Lord. It comes from above. Whatever is good, God will give it to you. But if it's not good for you, he will not give it to you. Stop being concerned about what you don't have. Stop chasing what you think you should have. All you got to say to God is, God, I would like this. But you know what? If it's not in your will, I'm good with it. Don't go doing extra stuff. Don't go changing your life around because you're trying to get something that maybe you should not have. Not right now anyway. The church at Colossae were born again believers. The Lord... Had saved them. They were born again. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptized with the spirit of the Lord. They loved the Lord. And they loved the saints. But they didn't know how to live for God effectively. Church, don't get it twisted. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can be baptized in Jesus' name. You can be looking holy and all that good stuff, but still not be effective in living for God. Because to live for God requires you to be filled with the knowledge 
of God. And if you don't seek the Lord, I told them this morning that I'll tell you right now. If you go through the Bible, you will see there's a lot of places where the scripture says, seek. Seek the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek means to search out. Seek means to look for, to discover. And because we want to be lazy with the Lord, we want all, everything to be presented to us on the platter. We don't want to look for nothing. God, you God, just tell me. And God is like, if that's how you want to do it, you're not. If that's how you want to do it, you will not be effective being my child if you think everything's supposed to be presented to you on a platter. I told you to seek because I know what's good for you. I told you to seek because it's more behind the seeking than you can ever understand. So if you don't seek after initially understanding what the word says on the surface, it's you that's going to miss out. Because you're trying to tell me I need to present to you everything you need on a platter. When we're done here, it's still up to you to go read your Bible and dig and see what the Bible says. When we leave here, it's still up to you to go and pray and ask the Lord for direction and understanding. When we leave here, it's still up to you to be holy and righteous. When we leave here, it's still up to you to love your neighbor as yourself. we got to seek God to learn his ways and live for him. It can't just be, oh, we come to church. Can't be that. Got to be beyond that. We all need to grow more in Christ. So it's not even, we don't have to feel like no one is taking any shots at us when we say we need to grow more in Christ. There is no limit to our growth in Christ. No matter what age we are, there is no limit to our growth in Christ. So I don't care if you've been living for God for six months, three years, five years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 70 years, you still can grow more in Christ. Uh huh. The Apostle Paul said, since the day we heard it, heard what? Your faith in God, your love for God and the saints. Since we heard that, we did not cease to pray for you. And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul had heard of their faith and love, but was naturally concerned for their lack of growth in Christ. He heard about them. He says, I I, I heard you love God. I heard you love the saints of God, but you're not growing. You're not growing. You're not being productive. You're not being effective. You're not being fruitful. But I know you love God and I know you love the saints. And so his prayer for them was that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul didn't start praying all kind of prayers. He looked and saw the need or the Holy Spirit revealed the need to him. And that's what he started praying. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning, we ought to start praying 
the will of God for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So often we just pray out of our emotions. So often we pray for what the naked eye can see. But how about we begin to dig in the scriptures? How about we begin to pray and say, God, before I pray for my brother and sister, will you show me what I need to pray for them? Because God, I want to pray your will for them. I just don't want to say words. I just don't want to say what my emotion says. I want to pray the scripture and I want to pray your will for their life will you show me Lord that's how we need to pray for one another that's what Paul did he didn't just start praying he prayed because of what he knew they needed no one grows intellectually or spiritually if they are ignorant or they lack knowledge right Rosalie You can't grow if you don't know, you don't have the information. Intellectually, you can't grow if you lack the information. Spiritually, you can't grow if you lack the information. Some people think I can just get saved and I'm good to go. No! You can't just get saved and you're good to go from there. You must learn the knowledge and understand the knowledge of the will of God. You must understand what the word of God says so you can apply it to your life. You cannot just be born again and just stand there and say, well, I'll get to heaven because I've been born again. No, you got to know what God's word says. You have to have the knowledge of God's word. If not, you will not make it in even though you've been born again. How can you say that? How can you say that, preacher? Sister Patrice, how about we go to Hosea 4 and 6 so you can see why I can say that. Let's just not go through this fast. He says, those people over there. Is that what it started out saying? Those people across the street. Those people I don't know. Those people that are sinners. Is that how it started out? He says, my people, my people. Oh, I hope this got your attention now. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people. Not the sinners down the street. Not those people that is rejecting me. My people. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou has rejected knowledge. Again, we want this easy believism. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and that he died and rose on the third day. Okay. That's how we're going to live. Wait upon the Lord and he shall renew your strength. Yeah, so I ain't got to do nothing. All I got to do is just sit in church and wait and God will do what he got to do. I don't have to do nothing. I just wait. Because thou has rejected knowledge. You know what I mean? To church. And that's not, I'm not saying it properly. You came to the church service because you are the church. You came to the church service and the speaker preached the word of God and you said, okay. You either rejected it, disregarded it, or ignored it. Whatever you did. That's kind of what this is saying here. You have rejected knowledge. 
And so when you reject knowledge, you don't grow. When you reject knowledge, you don't have the knowledge of God, God's will in your life, so you can't grow. We take church services lightly. We do. We take them light. We think we just come just to say, yeah, I was in church today. I don't care if you online or you in here. Once you're a part of the service and God's word is being preached, you've got to do something with the word. You've got to take the word in and start applying it to your life. If not, you fall into this category of my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no more priests. He, he said we priests. Remember I told you? Remember I told you? We just said over here, priests, holy, you know, all the good stuff. And the devil is coming around here to tell you, yeah, you got to be that way. You got to be that way. That's ah, bondage. God says, shall be no more priests. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So not only will you mess your own self up when you reject knowledge, you mess your legacy up, your children up. Every believer needs to know the knowledge of God's will. Every believer needs to know the knowledge of God's will. The Greek word translated knowledge is this. In this verse carries the meaning of full knowledge. There is always more to learn about God and his will for our lives. No Christian would ever dare to say that he or she had arrived and needed to learn nothing more about God. You're crazy if you think that. You're already doomed if you think that. Knowing the will of God is an important part of a successful Christian life. God wants us to know his will and understand it. God is not a distant dictator who issues orders and never explains them. Because we are his friends, we can know what he is doing and why he's doing it. I told him this morning that when God was going to rain the first time, when rain was going to come from the sky, the very first time, God told his friend Noah that it was going to rain and told Noah to build an ark. God had shared his personal intimate secret with Noah. And if God shared his personal intimate secret with Noah and God is no respecter of persons and God is immutable where he never changes, then if God shared it with Noah, God got to share it with you. You are no different from Noah in the eyes of God. And so I'm here to tell you today, God shares secrets with his friends. And if you are God's friend, he will share his secret with you. He is no respecter of persons none no respect of persons so don't you dare think that was that was Noah that was Abraham that was Jacob oh I'm here to tell you my brothers and sisters uh, God is saying uh, you're all my children you're all my friend and I share secrets uh, with my friend whatever I say I'm going to do I will share it with you before anyone else So you ready for this one? Take a jab real quick and get out of the way. So if the vaccine was the mark of the beast, I would know. I would know. You should know too. Because we're all supposed to be the friend of God. It's not just the preacher that's the friend. Everybody should be the friend of God. 
It's, 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 it's what we become when we are born again of the water and of the spirit. We are the friends of God. And so we should know that. I shared with them this morning, Revelation, you know, God, God is so good. The titles that God has placed upon us are all an intimate relational title. God called the church his bride. You're going to share a secret with your bride. God calls the church his children. Intimate relationship. God calls the church his friends. You share a secret, right, Rosalie, right, Sean, with your best friends. Isn't it interesting God don't do anything by happenstance. He doesn't like throwaway stuff. There's nothing that's a throwaway with God. For him to call us friend, for him to call us his children, for him to call us his bride, he is saying, in every way, I am intimate with you all. In every way, I'm intertwined with you all. You belong to me, and I belong to you. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to thank God for that. To think of how God has looked upon you, as how God sees you. You are so intimately intertwined with God. If you will just allow him uh, to work in your life, you are intimately intertwined with him. God wants you to know his will and understand it. He is not a dictator some far off how some people see him. But God wants to be intimate with you. The Bible says he stick closer than a brother. Uh-huh. To be filled in this text means to be controlled by. <laughs> when you are filled with something, you are controlled by that thing. Don't get quiet on me now. This is why I try to tell you, pray to God for wisdom. Because sometimes you see people's behavior before you even say anything, maybe from what you're hearing from me today, you will probably say they're filled with whatever that's dictating their behavior. And so if they're filled with whatever is dictating their behavior, I have to back off and not do anything right now, but just pray. Because there's nothing you can do because whatever they're filled with, it's controlling them. So you try to control them while they're being controlled by something else. Don't be so quick to try to correct and try to make somebody do something because whatever they're doing, they're probably being controlled by whatever they're filled with. When we are filled with anger, we are controlled by anger. Come on and help me in here. To be filled with the Spirit of the Lord means to be controlled by the Spirit of God. The Bible says, and they that are led of the Spirit are the sons of God. So when you're filled with the Spirit, you're led of the Spirit. Uh, Paul's prayer for the Colossians was that they might be controlled by the knowledge of God's will. You need to be filled with the knowledge of God's will because you will be controlled by the knowledge of God's will. Oof. I'm getting there. I'm going to close in a little bit here. If we are not filled with the knowledge of God's will, it's because, or it probably could be, because we're filled with other things. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do the will of God. 
We want to obey. There are some people, I know you want to be in church every Sunday. I know you want to praise him. I know it's in you. There's something that's saying, girl, you need to go praise him. Boy, you need to go in the house of the Lord. You need to pray. All these thoughts are coming into your mind that you need to do what the word says you need to do regarding the will of God. But you're so filled with other things that the things that you're hearing from the word, the things that you're reading from the word, they're not controlling you. They're coming into your mind because your life is already being controlled by other things. And so the only way you're going to be controlled by the knowledge of God's will is to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. But you're already filled up with a whole lot of other stuff. So what do you do then? That's a miserable place to be when you're hearing and understanding that you need to do what God says, but you can't do it. I'm giving you a revelation today, somebody. I'm giving you a revelation today that you want to serve God. You want to live for God. You want to be faithful. You want to be holy. You want to do what God says to do. You want to truly be awesome in God, but you just can't get to doing it. You can't get to walking it. You can't get to just do it the way you want to do it because you're filled with other things and not the knowledge of his will. And that's the conundrum that you're in because you know the right thing, but you can't do the right thing. You know the right thing and you want to do the right thing, but you always find yourself doing the wrong thing. Because you're filled with other things that is not the knowledge of the will of God. I told you when I started out early that when we try to be in the know, we got stuff coming from everywhere. And we're piling things up into our mind and in our heart. And it's filling us up. And we're not realizing that we're taken from here and we're taken from there. We're taken from there. And we're filling our hearts and minds with things that are not according to the will of God. And so now we come into a church service where God is revealing to us what, that we need to be filled with, his, with the knowledge of his will. And we're saying, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. And for some of us, we'll walk out of here today. For some of us, we'll dismiss service and you'll go and you'll say, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And you want to do it, but you find yourself not doing it. And the answer is what I'm giving you this morning, this afternoon. You're filled with other things. And until you empty yourself of those other things, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be so just bouncing to and fro. And here is what normally happens. The easier thing to do will win out if you don't fix it. What do you mean by that, preacher? When you're bouncing from here to there, from here to there, the righteousness of God and the will of God is over here, and the flesh and the sinful things and the devilish things are over here, and you're bouncing, but you're filled with the stuff over here, and you're not filled with stuff, you're bouncing. But guess what? Between your flesh and what you're filled with, it's easier just to stay on this side. And so we don't see you in church anymore. You don't tune in virtually anymore. You used to want to live for God and you can't live for God anymore. Now you're not doing it. You're going to make a whole lot of excuses and reasons why you're not doing it. But I'm giving you the answer, church. You have been filled with more stuff than you are with the knowledge of the will of God. And so because of that, you have to make excuses to yourself to keep doing it. I've told you before, a lot of times the reason why we keep doing stuff is because we have made a good excuse. We think it's a good excuse. And I told you what that's called. That's called stronghold. 
if you never knew what a stronghold was. A stronghold is what you consider a bona fide reasons to a bona fide reason to keep doing wrong. That's a stronghold. Because you say in your mind, this is how you do it. Yeah, you don't say this to anybody. You only say it to yourself. Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to do that. But God understands because blah, 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 blah. And this is why I'm doing it. Listen to me. I can't say what the percentages are. God knows. But many of us have a couple things in our life that we continue to do that's wrong. And we justify why we will continue to do it. And that's called a stronghold. And you need to go before God and say, God, I don't care how much I feel justified about doing this wrong. You got to deliver me from it because I don't want to make any excuse for wrong. I can't make any excuse for wrong. You could make an excuse for wrong to somebody. You cannot make any excuse for wrong to God because God will tell you I died for your sins. That's why you can repent. That's why you can be delivered. I died for you so you don't have to live in sin. Also, you watch me live a life and a lot of the things that I did, my flesh wanted to do opposite. Remember when I went to the garden of Gethsemane? I was there. My flesh didn't want to go through with the will of God. But guess what? I prayed and I said, God, help me. And I didn't listen to my flesh. I kept going to the cross. So we don't have any justification for continuing to do wrong and thinking that God will excuse that. Oh, God understands. No, we don't have any reason. You, you don't have any scripture for that. So don't be comfortable with that. Go to God about it. He wants to deliver you from your stronghold. He wants to set you free from your stronghold. Go to God with that and say, God, I keep making excuses to doing this. And certainly I know it's not right. And I want you to deliver me from this so I have no excuse. So I make no excuse for doing wrong. We need to empty ourselves from everything else that's in us. We need, to, we need to empty ourselves so we can be filled with the knowledge of his will. Paul did not encourage the Colossians to seek vision or wait for voices. He prayed that they might get deeper into God's word. And when they obtained the knowledge of his will, they would have the wisdom and understanding to apply it. So here it is. I'm bringing this to a close. What is the reason why God wants you to be filled with his will? What is the reason why God wants you to be filled with his will? The goal for being filled with the knowledge of God's will is this. He wants you to live a life that is pleasing unto him. Now that sounds selfish because we don't understand God fully in who he is. You living to please God is you living in complete liberty and blessedness and victory and success. So when he says, I want you to live according to my will to please me, it essentially is what's good for you. Because sometimes because of how we're bent and how we're messed up, we read the word of God and we frown on some things the word of God says. But we don't realize that everything God says to us, it comes from a place of agape love. Everything that God commands.
hands. It comes from a place of love and not the love that you know. The love that hung on a cross for you. That's where it's coming from. It's pure. It's real love that we don't understand. So when God said, live your life to please me, it's coming from a place of love like no one else could ever show you or you could ever understand. So don't you frown on God when God says, live your life to please me. You don't have no ego telling you, please me. He's telling you what's good for you. So the goal for being filled with the knowledge of his will is so you can live to please him. That we may be fruitful in every good work. So you want to be fruitful in your Christian life. You want to be fruitful for your own good. And you want to be fruitful for other people to be blessed by your life. Is there anybody blessed by your life? Why else did he want you to do it? It's so you can increase in the knowledge of his will. Why else does he want you to do it? It's so you may be strengthened. Why else does he want you to do it? So you may have patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. And I told you when I read that, that's the one that got me. I said, man, I need to be more patient and more long-suffering and do it with joy. Because for some of us, that is patient sometimes. For some of us, that is long-suffering sometimes. We don't usually do that with a good attitude. We do it, but we're frowning or we're doing it complaining to God. But he says, do it with joy. I want to do it like that. Why else does he want you to fear with the knowledge of his will? That you should give thanks to him always in all things. This is the word he want that scriptures are talking about when we read through Colossians. God want us to live our lives in him effectively, being fruitful and affecting others for the sake of Jesus Christ. We can't walk worthy unto the Lord Jesus and please him if we're not filled with the knowledge of his will. If you don't get filled with the knowledge of his will, you can't please him. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you what is the general will of God. That we may be saved and be the children of the most high God. So God's will for every one of us is that we are saved and be his children. So if you're here and you're under the sound of my voice and you're not saved, you need to be saved. That is God's will for you. If you're not saved, you are outside of the will of God. The good news is if you can hear this today, you have the opportunity. You have the privilege that if you're not saved, that you will get saved so you can now be in the will of God. The will of God is that we are delivered from this present evil world, from the controls of the worldly system that corrupts Christian living. That is the will of God. The will of God is that you do everything in your power to help save somebody that is lost. That is the will of God. The will of God is that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. The will of God is that we abstain from sexual sins. The will of God is that we give thanks to God in everything. If you go and search out the Bible and look for God's will or his will, you will see these are the things that God has said is his will. Listen, 
there are instances when God will reveal a specific will for a specific purpose. In those instances, God will give special instructions for those specific will that he has for us individually and collectively. And so I close. In John chapter 2, 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17 is the key verse that deals with what I'm talking about today. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God. Do you think it's important to know the will of God and to do the will of God? Because if you know the will of God, if you're filled with the will of God and you do what the will of God says, then guess what? You abide forever. But let's take the opposite. What if you don't know the will of God? And what if you're not doing the will of God? You don't abide forever, like the scripture says. So it's necessary. It's important. It's of absolute importance that we come to be filled with the knowledge of the will of God and do it. We can't make it into heaven without it. Listen to me. Being filled with the knowledge of his will to the point where it controls our thoughts and deeds will propel us into eternal life. You want to be filled with the knowledge of his will because when you do his will, eternal life in Christ awaits you. Listen to me. Everything that you are passionate about or the things that you have deep desires for will one day become meaningless to you. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Everything outside of God that you're passionate about, that you have strong desires for, one day will all pass away and be meaningless. So let me tell you, reprioritize your life today. First, be filled with the Spirit of God, because we must be filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. We must be filled with the Spirit of Christ, and then we, may, we must seek God to be now filled with the knowledge of His will and do them. Reprioritize. Empty yourself. Empty yourself of all that is not the will of God. And let God fill you with the knowledge of his will as what we have just discussed here. Let God bring it back to your memory by the power of the Holy Spirit. We came into this world with nothing and surely we are leaving this world with nothing. But if we are filled with the knowledge of his will, controlled by the knowledge of his will, then are we guaranteed eternal life. Empty yourself, church. Empty yourself of everything today that is not the will of God. Reprioritize. Reprioritize. First, be filled with his spirit. Then be filled with the knowledge of his will. Let everything else in your life come after being filled with the spirit and being filled with the knowledge of his will. That's how you reprioritize. Let 
the Spirit of God have his way in your life. Empty yourself. Start over. Empty yourself of everything that is not of God and begin to pray till God fill you with his spirit where you begin to talk in tongues because that's the evidence that God's spirit dwells in you. And when you know you're filled with his spirit, then you begin to seek God for the knowledge of his will for your life. And when you got that, if you want that, you can always refer back to this message today and you will know what that is. And now you begin to let it overtake you and fill you so it controls you. And then you can now fill in everything else that you thought was important. Then you can fill those things in, whether it's family, whether it's education, whether it's your job, whether it's staying safe, whatever it is. Those things need to come after you're filled with the spirit and after you've been filled with the knowledge of his will, then you can fill in those other things that is necessary to live in this life. But don't you let those things be filled. Don't you be full of those things, because if you are, then you can never be filled with the knowledge of his will. We did it backwards. We know how to stay safe. We know how to make a living. We know how to order our families. We know how to do this. We know how to do that. And then nothing of God can get in. All of God's will is in here. And we can think it, but it's not controlling us. We can think it, but it's not ruling us. Because what's ruling us is everything that we've placed inside of us. All of what this life requires that is necessary that we must do to live in this life. It's all, it's, it's just filled our hearts and our minds and God's will cannot get in. But today, empty yourself. Let's stand. Empty yourself of all of what you have allowed to control you. Get rid of it. Have God to purge it from you. Have God to deliver you from it. Have God to flush it out of you so you can... Do this thing over right. So you can do this thing the right way. And what is the right way? Be filled with his spirit and be filled with the knowledge of his will. And then everything else will take its own place. Because God will show you how to order your life when those two things are in you and you're filled. Father, we thank you for your word today. For every person under the sound of my voice today that have heard the word, now let them receive it, Lord. Let them receive it, Lord, that it will transform their life, that God, it will be so clear in their mind that they will have the wisdom and the understanding to apply the word of God into their life. I pray today, Lord Jesus, uh, that change, great change, miraculous change will begin to take place in our mind and in our heart. Lord, we empty ourselves from worldliness. We empty ourselves from the information and the things that we think that keeps us in the know. We empty ourselves from those things. We want you to purge us from those things. We want you to cleanse us from those things. We want you to flush out, Lord God, all of those things that have filled our heart and filled our mind, that have kept us from being filled with the will 
of the knowledge of God. Oh, Father, I pray today that you will help us today. Sanctify us. Oh, God, purge us. Oh, God, I pray that you will deliver us in the name of Jesus Christ. And that today, oh, my God, the reprioritization will take place, Almighty oh God. That we will now be filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost and begin, Lord God, to demonstrate by the evidence of speaking with other tongues and that we will be filled with your spirit Lord God where your spirit will control us Lord God and then Lord the knowledge of your will will now oh God oh God fill our heart and mind where we will now be controlled by and taken over by the knowledge of the will of God today help us Lord to walk in righteousness I pray that the word of the Lord that's been spoken in the atmosphere and spoken into our hearing will truly make a difference in our mind, will truly make a difference in our life, will truly make a difference in our Christian walk, Lord. Help us today that the word will not escape us, but Lord, that we will receive the word, that we will not reject the word, but we will receive the word and we will become doers of the word of God. Have your way today, Lord. I give you honor today for what you have done. I give you praise today for what you have done. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. We praise you, O great God. We magnify your name, sweet Jesus. There is none like you, Almighty God. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are our strength. You are our Redeemer, Lord. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. Deliver today. Set free today. Restore today. Empower today. Oh God, I pray your will be done. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. Restore the joy of our salvation. Let the words of God that has gone into our hearing go into our heart and take root and produce good fruit. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name, O oh God. There is none like you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Jesus, you are our God. I pray and ask, Lord, hear our cry today. Hear our cry today. Oh, God, that we're not the same ever again, Lord. But your will be done. But change to come from the inside out, Lord God. Lord, bless this church, strengthen this church, heal this church, sustain this church, provide for this church, empower this church, use this church. For Lord, we will praise you. For Lord, we will walk in your obedience. We will walk according to your will, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Fill us, O oh God. Fill us, Almighty oh God, that we, O oh God, will be controlled by the presence of the Lord, the power of the Holy Ghost, and by the knowledge of your will. 
We thank you today, Lord. We bless your name and we praise you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody thank him today. Come on, somebody thank him today. Love him today. Bless him today. Give him honor today. Give him praise. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the honor. There is none like Jesus. 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 Oh, we thank you today, Lord. We thank you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you today, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we go from this place today, as we dismiss from this service today, have your way in us, Lord, that your will be done. We're grateful and we're thankful for all you have said to us, for all that you have done in us. Oh, God, receive our praise and our worship as we will continue to praise you and worship you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. God bless your church. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God be with you.